coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with the fucking pilot. And I've got a couple more people uh, with the magic of the internet on the line. So uh, tell me, who the fuck are you guys and what do you do? Oh, boy. Well, we're uh, I'm Lara. I own Blue Skies Mag with my friend Cola. I'm Cola. I own the other half. So you're the Lara and Cola. That's- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds way, way more formal than we are. But yeah. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Well, so I want to point out a couple of things before we even get started. This is actually the very first time in over nine years, Laura, that you and I have ever spoken. I know. It- I've never heard your voice except for on one very brief recording. Oh, boy. What? I'm like, where did you hear my voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about that recording? <laughs> yeah, no, you guys made a recording for me. I don't know if you remember if it was for my birthday or something. Oh, yeah. And it's... Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I don't remember what it was for, but that's the only time I've actually heard your voice. Otherwise, we've never spoken. And Cola, the last time you and I were face-to-face, we were both in the middle of making really bad decisions at Cross Keys. Yep. Um, I vaguely remember those. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But mine were, yours was a long weekend. Mine was a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I got out. <laughs> Well, so let's not stray too far down that path. Uh, um, you guys are the owners of Blue Skies Magazine, but you guys obviously started in skydiving before that. So how did you guys get your start in skydiving? Was jumping your only extreme sport? You know, give me give me some background here. Oh, boy. Um, I Let's see. I was in Colorado in grad school. Um, I guess I, I was like snowboarding a bunch, but that was my only extreme sport. I was the kid who was like, like I would make my parents make up excuses for why I couldn't go to the fair because I was afraid of the roller coasters. No. I was very excited. So at some point in grad school, I was like, fuck this. I started snowboarding. I started skydiving there uh, after a, uh, a bit of a heartbreak. Oh, okay. So it was uh, your therapy from, from, what, did you get dumped or it just didn't work out? Oh, I got dumped. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, that's it turned uh, out for the best on your end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, and, no. Unless it was like fucking Jeff Bezos or something, I'd say you're probably doing no, no, no. damn good. I mean, I was getting my PhD in chemistry. I was going to be like a research chemist, and now I'm in the land, Florida. And you, well, oh, well, when you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's All right, well. <laughs> so yeah, you were doing the snowboard thing, but you used to be scared of shit of all that stuff, and then you ended up jumping because you got your heart broken. Cole, how about you? Um, I started jumping in Iceland. One of the not too many people that can say that. Uh, mm. I guess you can argue that growing up in Iceland is a bit of an extreme sport in and of <laughs> itself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I was growing up, you're outside all the time. That's just saying that says there's. No such thing as bad weather. There's just bad clothes. And moms in Iceland live by that. And they throw you outside no matter what. Wow. So running around in my tiny hometown way up North Iceland um, on June 17th, which is our 4th of July, essentially, we always had skydivers jump into the local little football field. And even when I was a tiny kid, I was like, I'm going to do that one day. And then I wow. so you about it. 
until I was in the university studying to become a biologist, which I am. Also in Dillon, Florida, I'm not doing biology at all, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went to a movie. The the clan of us that were studying together, we were overstudying. We said, let's go to the movie. And what was on, but drop zone. So the rest oh, is God. free. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you are not the only person to fall victim to that and the original Point Break. At least it wasn't Point Break, though, right? Point Break is way better. It is not. See, mine was the original Point Break. Yeah. It was the one that got me. But then again, I'm a fucking idiot because I joined the Navy because I saw Top Gun. So uh, clearly I'm not stacked all the way up. Oh, no. I wanted to join the uh, Air Force. That was my goal, was to become a fighter pilot. I think because of Top Gun. Uh, Or maybe because of the... Van Halen video. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, you'd easily mistake one for the other. Yeah. So you both ended up in skydiving, and uh, um, what was the the drive in skydiving? Did you guys want to take it to a competition type level? Did you just want to have fun with it? I mean, you know, um, did you have any any specific goal, or you just wanted to jump? I yeah, I just wanted to jump. I. Um, I don't know. I got I got into like the business side of it really quick. I got into Manifest to pay for jumps uh, when I had like three jumps, I think. And I've worked continuously hmm. in the sport since then. So wow. I don't know. I, I just like the lifestyle. Like it didn't even occur to me that, that you could not go to school and get married and buy a house and have kids. Right. So I just wanted when- more to the freedom of love, the community. What, I what did uh, what did the family think when you scrapped all the high end plans that you had and decided you were going to just be a, a skydive manifester and and live the life? My mom has always been super super supportive. She was she was heartbroken when when I dropped out of grad school. I know, but she never really specifically said that. I got to give her credit. She never um, tried to convince me otherwise. And she even now she's always supported me. Even now she. Um, by the way, she's your biggest fan. She's my second copy editor. So almost everything in the magazine goes through her because she's like a grammatical guru. So Awesome. <laughs> well, I've, I've never met your mom. She and I have obviously never spoken or really had any communication whatsoever. And I love that woman. <laughs> there, <laughs> I was going to segue into that a little later into it, but we might as well since you brought up mom. Your poor mother has had to read almost every word I've ever written, most of which is not suitable for mom. I know. And I, I just, I picture, I, I have this mental image of your mom like sitting somewhere with a laptop, reading through, trying to figure out grammatically where cocksucker fits into the sentence. That's exactly it. And the funny thing, she's this little, she's Japanese, she's from Hawaii, so she's like five foot nothing, Oh, that makes it so much better. I know. And every the fact that she loves you so much, I'm like, that's where I get it from. Like, I always think it's my dad. He was a little more, like, adventurous. But she's got a huge side of fuck you and her. <laughs> oh, that's just awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about that many, many times. And, and when I first started writing uh, for you guys, uh, I didn't know that your mom was doing the editing. And then you, I somewhere down the line, told me that. And I was instantly regretful for every article I'd written like oh no no this poor woman of course that didn't stop me from doing any of it good yeah it shouldn't because almost every every uh not episode almost every issue she's like has some comment about how much she loves you oh god 
Oh, well, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I, but yes, I think she probably does need to seek some help because. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cola, how about you? Uh, any aspirations of competing? Did you get hardcore into the jumping or did you slide into the work side of things too? I got hardcore into the community of things. Mm. I have, I came to skydiving from mountaineering and being a very active member on a rescue team and mm. to the university and uh, that kind of took up all my money and time and all that. And <clears throat> when I started jumping, I found that actually a bunch of my rescue team friends were skydivers on the side or on the way into it. So I very much uh, stepped into the community and embraced that. I started static line and then transitioned to AFF and, then with about 20 jumps, went to Florida because that's what all skydivers do in Iceland because Iceland is not maybe the best country hmm. in the world for for skydiving due to sure. everything. So came out here and uh, made some jumps in the land and sea hills and did the Florida drop zone tour and uh, decided that I, I needed to come and live here so I can do this all the time. And then entered the green card lottery, and a year later, I was packing up my shit in Iceland and moving to Florida. Wow. Yeah. Did you, you did some four-way, though. I, I did. I dabbled in a little bit of a four-way. I would have loved to do more of it, but finding the right people with uh, you know matching skills, mag- matching budgets, and matching time is just not something that I ever was able to make happen. So I fun jumped. And then a few months after moving to Florida, I started working for PD. And mm. did a little bit of everything there and uh, spent almost 10 years at PD before they decided they had enough of me and let me go. Well, and you and I actually met when you were with PD because I met you um, when you were on one of the, the demo tours for them. Yeah, tour stop in Cross Keys, man. Faithful. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you show, I, I'll never forget you showing up in Cross Keys uh, and. Uh, I don't think either uh, you or your partner at the time had any idea what you were in for when you showed up at Cross Keys. Yeah, that was my it was my first, but certainly not last trip to Cross Keys. It's become more, it was very that place was stuff. It was fucking crazy, wasn't it? It was like a mini version of the World Freefall Convention for those that ever attended that. Yeah, but it was a mini version of the Freefall Convention every fucking weekend. Exactly. It was just insane. And, you know, you live there, you know, I think I did almost three full seasons there and you walk away just rubbing your head going, what in the hell just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can't even count how many of the articles I've written for you have a base in in, uh, uh, Cross Keys. No, I mean, it probably saved your ass that Cross Keys does get a little bit of a winter. So you have to step down just because of weather and just kind of regroup because... Otherwise, all of y'all would have been in for a liver transplant or something. Oh, yeah. No, we were going big in, in every way. And not just big in, in the, the party scene, but just big in the jumping as well. I mean, we were yeah, yeah, yeah. The, people were doing some cutting-edge shit at the time. It was pretty crazy. I remember because I did the sponsorship program for PD for a while, too. And, and a lot of the big names in every discipline came out across Keys. So it wasn't yep. just a party. There was some really legit skydiving going on there as well. Oh, absolutely. There was some crazy talent and then just some craziness. Were You you were there um, when La Jeunesse did the super low cutaway, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did that on our Skyhook demo. Yep. The UPT tour stuff at the same time. And <laughs> that, yeah. 
I'll I'll never forget when uh, when that happened. Um, I was on the ground for it. Uh, everybody was on the ground watching this, and and it was uh, Will and, and Selwyn Facey were uh, were coming down, and they were both going to do low cutaways. And it was, I think it was Selwyn that cut away first, and cut away you know sub well, four hundred feet. Cut away. What Will did? That was a whole another. Yeah. Well, did you ever did you hear the backstory behind that? So it was basically a chicken contest who would pull lower and someone pulls first at under 400 feet and then Will goes to pull his handle but fumbles on the cutaway. Yeah. Um so he got it like halfway and then it flopped around on him and he finally managed to get it. And at the time I happened to be standing right next to Egon uh, who was at first super stoked about the whole thing that's going on and he was of course the rep for the rig at the time. And as they kept getting lower and lower, he's like, okay, cut away now. Cut away now. Fuck, don't cut away. Don't cut away. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And, of course, then that uh, relatively famous picture of Will at line stretch at treetop level. That was a line stretch, man. (laughs) man, And that that was far from the craziest thing I saw at Cross Keys. Far from it. Far from it. Yeah. Yeah. So... From there, so you got working in the sport really, really early as well. Both you guys, obviously, in different ways. Um, but uh, you definitely put some years in the sport and ended up deciding you wanted to start Blue Skies Magazine. So how the hell did that happen? <laughs> um, it's Lars. I hear a good story. <laughs> no, it, it's just funny. Um, let's see. So I was working at USPA. Um, I did the advertising sales and like the website stuff and uh, a little copy editing. Okay. Uh, Mike Truffer and Sue, we we kind of got the inside scoop that they were planning to shut things down. And uh, what was then Skydiving Magazine? Yeah, yeah. Um, and right. Cola. So okay. Oh my God, this is a I don't know. Anyway, I was at PIA in Reno, the worst city in the entire world, um, for USPA, and Cola was supposed to be there, but right before PD fucking let her go, so she. She was just at home, like, what the fuck just happened? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. <laughs> um, so anyway, we had an idea for like a website, um, kind of a community hub type thing. And then they, I was in line waiting to get on a flight out of Piet Reno because everything was always fucked up. And I was like, why don't we just start a magazine? Like, there's no reason we couldn't. We know all the advertisers. I know a little bit about how magazines are made. Um <laughs> And we were just like, uh, I, I don't know why we couldn't. So we couldn't really come up with an answer why not. And so we did. Wow. Yeah. No, hey, why can't we do this is as good a reason as any. Yeah. 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 So uh, logistically, how hard was it to actually get it going? Uh, I'm not that hard, I don't think. It's remarkably like pretty simple. You send a file to a printer and they print it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of. All right. There's a few more details, well, but yeah, that's the gist of it. I mean, we knew a lot of people, so we got content, and people were excited. Um, and yeah, we had, we had some absolutely amazing contributors and advertisers to work with throughout the whole time, and uh, subscribers as well, and that has made it a whole lot of fun. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit of a little bit of an angst there too, but over overall, it's been a really good time. Well, sure. I mean, it's got to be more than anything a labor of love because when it's all said and done, you're dealing with, you know, close friends and and people doing all this badass stuff. And you're in uh, a community that you chose over 
all these other things, you know, biology and all this high-end jobs you chose to be in this community. So it's got to be very cool to be on the front lines of representing the sport. That being said, also <laughs> the, the front, lines. <laughs> front lines. Yeah, come on. I mean, I I don't want to talk shit about uh, Parachutist Magazine, but I'm going to talk shit about Parachutist Magazine because you could pick up an issue of Parachutist today or you could pick up an issue of Parachutist when I started skydiving and it's the same fucking magazine. I have to defend Parachutist a little. Most oh, go ahead. Go on. You know, it is what it has to be. They do what they have to do. You know, it's a member. For sure. I mean, I get the political correctness. Believe me, that part of it I understand, but I don't understand not representing what I feel is the entire sport, like a base jumping and, and speed flying and all this. They've they stayed on the wayside by all of this stuff when those are those are still our people and, and they're not represented by the USPA, even though it's not a part of, you know, normal jumping out of airplane skydiving stuff. It's still the same community. So I never understood why they wouldn't embrace it. Yeah. Space well, jumping. Nobody wants those. And frankly, I don't think base jumpers want anybody to be representing them except for themselves. So they're probably quite happy <laughs> with that. And this, yeah, they kind of became the red haired stepchild of Ushpa, the paragliding hang gliding association. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, and, and everybody. If you think people don't like USPA, you should see what they say about Ushpa. There's there's some sauce really? going on there. Yeah, goodness. And USPA it's just a aviation organization. They they their primary like reason for being is to work with the FAA. So what does sure. flying have to flying have to do with that? You know, what does tunnel have to do with that? Oh, I completely, I mean, from a business perspective, I completely understand it, but it's also still a bunch of skydivers. So, I, I mean, I, I never understood why it would be so difficult to represent everybody that encompasses our sport, because our sport really has grown so much. Um, and although they're there as a liaison for the FAA, they can still represent everybody. You know, I, it became a running joke with myself and a lot of the jumpers that you'd pay your your uh, your fees for the USPA and then just leave the address for where the magazine's supposed to go blank. <laughs> you can uh, you can opt out of the magazine. You don't have to get. Yeah, it. I I don't think I've actually physically done the paperwork for my registration in years. I just uh, give it to Junior and let him do it. <laughs> yeah. So who knows where my magazine's going? No, I, I don't know. I feel like USPA has a huge identity crisis. And and obviously, it's been 10 years since I've worked there. But I always felt like they didn't even really know why they were. And then they were always, I just seemed very like embarrassed by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it. Well, but the way that they did things opened up the void for you guys to open up Blue Skies, which, I mean, did you think Blue Skies was going to be as big a success as it's become? I mean, it's extremely well known. Really? Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm actually kind of grateful for that uh, identity crisis because that did open the door wide up for us to step in to do what we love, which is the community section of things. Yeah. Sure. And... uh that's where we want to grow into a little bit more so we have some ideas not fully formed. To well, it's always about continuing to grow for sure. Right, yeah. So when you first started, how did you go about, like, t to be perfectly honest, I don't actually remember how it came about that I ended up writing my first article for you. I, Cola, I believe you approached me, but I don't remember. Uh, I, uh, I was flipping through Facebook, you know, pretending to work. 
and <laughs> came across you and I'm like, damn, dude has some good stories. He should write for us. So I sent you a message and you said, sure. And that yeah, no, I, I, I just didn't know if there was any backstory behind it. It's not nearly as exciting finding out you just came across me on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's obviously based on the very fond memories of uh, time spent together at Cross Keys. And, uh, Cross Keys. Oh, man. Well, I remember when you asked me about it, you asked me for the pilot's perspective on the drop zone operation and everything that I see. And then you went out of your way to tell me, use foul language and if you can, talk about boobs. <laughs> I did. And yeah, and I thought, all right, this this could be fun. And I, I wrote what I thought was an over-the-top article. And I assumed when I sent it to you that it would get chopped up and, and edited down into a slightly more tame version. And I think a couple of days later, I got a message back. I think it was through you, Cola, saying that your partner, Laura, who I didn't know anything about, loved it and was going to print it. And I thought, oh, well, this is cool. Yeah. And but I also remember it almost became a bit of a um, as I continued to write, uh, it became a bit of an unspoken contest, at least in my mind, to see where the line would be drawn, where I'd gone too far and you'd finally edit me. And it never happened. We're not there yet, man. Keep trying. It never happened. And I'm am I still the only person in the magazine ever to get hate mail? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, who else has gotten hate mail? Yours was the most personal, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, she it, didn't. She didn't fucking like me at all, did she? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the issue, uh, like with uh, with Lara's mom, you have this. There's well, a genuineness, I think, that yeah, comes through. But you have this following amongst little old ladies that go to church on Sundays and I just spoke Ooh, to one yesterday. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. It's it's uh it's as baffling to us as it is to She's you. She's like, I really like that columnist. I can't say the name. Do you have a gentleman named <laughs> Dean who writes for you? <laughs> yes, ma'am, we sure do. I I braced myself for, you know, bad things to happen. Right. But no, it was a ode to the fucking pilot. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's yeah, just so it was wonderful. I- I th- oh, I think it's fantastic, but I don't understand it. I, I, I learned early on when I started writing for you guys that uh, I would write out my articles, and I generally sit down and I'll write it in one go, and then I'll go back through to add a, something here or there, but I don't reread it after the second time. I just hit the send button, but I had to get myself to the point where I would just hit the send and not think about it, or I probably wouldn't have sent you half, at least, of the articles that I've written. I think that's how we've um, published like 99% magazines. <laughs> I just have to be like, here, Pierre, lay it out. I can't think about it anymore because it's too scary. <laughs> there have been a few lines that we've crossed, I yeah. think, for sure. And and Pierre just prints it. He doesn't care. Or lays it Which out. Is, it's pretty. He's our graphics guy, by the way. Yeah, he's amazing as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, see, I think that's just so funny. I mean, I, I sent you... The, the, I think it was only three or four articles in that I started out with the worst gay joke I had ever told mm-hmm. uh, and the story behind the joke and, and uh, um, why I regretted telling it. And uh, just I think it was last year I was in Bali with my mom and her friend um, who happens to be gay. And my mom did not want her to read this article because, oh, my God, it was just way over the top. 
and it was over the top. And I all I could think was, yeah, please don't let her read that. It's so <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it's it's so bad. But you know, it was it was fun at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, some some of the issues of the magazine have truly been like a weekend at Cross Keys. They just happened. You can't quite explain it. Going back, you might not make decision again, but it all comes together to make you who you are today. I think that's one of the things that makes the magazine so fun, though, is because you absolutely get that impression as you flip through things is that, holy shit, these people are having fun doing this. And this is clearly some of this is spur of the moment. And and some of the contributors that you've got writing just are putting out some fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we like create very little of the magazine. It's really just taking what yeah, people we're want not, to say. And- certainly not the writers yeah. behind hardly any of it. Like some of the best stories told are certainly not by us, but we are so happy that we have the opportunity to take those stories and pass them on because they need to be told. Well, and, and a lot of them are, are fun and silly and goofy. And, and then you get the ones that are extremely informative and, and hard lessons learned. I think it was uh, Dukes that put one out that was absolutely amazing and a bit heart-wrenching as well. So you get some, uh, I think, a lot more honesty in the stories in Blue Skies than you ever could uh, coming through something like Parachutist. It's just too personal. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, it's risky, too, because you have to admit your wrongs, and that's really risky you open yourself up to a lot of criticism liability like i don't know i don't know that uspa could do that you know they they have a a lens on them people are watching them a lot more closely sure yeah i i mean i think you're right well that that reminds me of one um article that i had written um that you actually clued me in on because it was an article about my taking a, a rather shall we say robust woman on a skydive uh and uh I wrote the article as it had happened and me as the instructor and you sent me back a message going, you sure you don't want to write this as someone else because potentially this could risk your rating. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was still a tandem instructor and I thought about it and I ended up changing it to, I think I called the instructor Bob, I think. (laughs) Well, wait out yourself. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's okay because there's no fucking way in hell I'm ever throwing another drogue. I'm just fine with that. They can take it. Yeah, I do remember that one because that's one rule of thumb we've had is like, we don't like if that woman were to read it, I, I think that was my concern. Like, what would she think? You know, well, looking back on that particular, uh, that particular instance, that was actually probably the only concern that I had as well with that article was simply because uh, I knew she had this amazing experience. And if she ever found out the behind the scenes behind the jump, it would just ruin that memory for her. Yeah. Uh, so in retrospect, I'm very glad that I changed it. And uh, uh, the odds that uh, this little lady in the middle of we won't even say where um, will ever know about that is slim to none, which is great. But yeah. yeah, that was that was one of those ones that you clued me in. Like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I do think about it. It's not like I just take whatever people give me and run with it. But no, we, now, uh, we've sometimes uh, stepped in with what we think is helpful guidance but we try to preserve the voice of the person telling the story the best we can so well yeah and well and but that's what makes it so good is that you're you're giving people the uh, the platform to say what they have to say whether other people you know do or don't agree with it and it's up to the reader to decide if they think that this is something you know uh, valuable or not valuable and i like that 
Yeah, that's exactly what I've always gone for. Like, we've printed some things that I'm like, this is such horseshit. But hopefully, uh, you know, the reader's smart enough to to see that as well. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to ever underestimate the reader's ability to smell horseshit, too. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I try and always give the benefit of the doubt, but then you do hear some of the replies and or or you know get wind of what people thought of this or that and just think you is that what you took from this holy shit yeah yeah, totally what's always shocked me uh, just in my articles and having dealt with a little bit of backlash here and there was that it has always shocked me that anyone could ever take seriously anything written by a guy that calls himself the fucking pilot i kind of says it right there in the title Chances are this might not be, you know, the the stuff that you want to rely on the most. It's written for entertainment's sake. Um, and I, I've been blown away by people, you know, that have gotten upset. And I can just think, but it's right there in the title. Well, yeah, it's the same people that read The Onion and uh, take it at face value. Like satire <laughs> is lost on some, not too many, at least not in our circles, but it does happen. I think too when it you does. have like a soft spot or a sensitivity or you know something's happened to you, it doesn't really matter who the voice is that's saying it. It's you know you're gonna get that button push regardless. Oh, and- indeed. Well, and the 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 one piece of hate mail that I got um, was absolutely that because it was the most like- well written, lengthy piece of amazing literature in the form of a hate letter. That woman absolutely hated me. And it was hilarious because it was really well written and it was absolutely just destroying the guy she thought I was. So I read the entire thing going, oh, this totally isn't me, but man, this is good. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's never about you, you know? <laughs> like she clearly had an experience and. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and for. For for all that don't know what we're talking about, the article was about uh, whether or not uh, I was going to continue dating in or out of the skydiving world. And I believe I used the phrase, don't shit where you eat, which is an extremely common phrase. This yeah. is, I mean, it, you can hear this anywhere from men or women. It, and she just was triggered by that phrase like you would never believe. And, oh, my God, she psychoanalyzed the living hell out of me and just ripped me up one side and down the other because she had my number. Yeah. And I oh, I, I still think we should have just printed the whole letter as the next article of mine. <laughs> it would have been amazing. I remember if we printed it as a letter to the editor or not. I don't uh, it, well, hell, it's been it, it's it's been basically nine years now, hasn't it? So, I mean, this has been going on for quite some time now. Your column, or the magazine? No, the the magazine. Oh, we're oh, coming yeah. up on ten years. Yeah, that's how crazy is that? A little, a oh. little, a lot. Very crazy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it I'm, went by in a blink, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm forty. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of us having those what the fuck moments for sure. I turned 50 this year for Christ's sakes. Holy shit. Man, yeah, I'm not far behind you, pal. Right? I mean, that's like what I used to picture as retirement age, and I still feel like I'm 18, but everything just hurts more. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I haven't matured. Clearly, I have not matured at all. <laughs> 
that's not true. Well, all right, maybe a little bit here and there. So um, a couple of other very pointed questions um, that I've been told I have to ask um, from a number of people that want to know who the fuck is Sky God? Yeah. <laughs> they want to know. Sky God is Sky God, man. What's up? It's Sky not- God is Sky God. I told them that there's no way in hell you're going to tell me this, but I did tell them that I would petition you to get an interview with Sky God. Well, Sky God just started up an Instagram account a few days ago mm-hmm. and promptly broke Instagram. So <laughs> I think that tells you something. So if you want to know more about Sky God, I think you should give him a follow. Sky God, Sky God approved, is it? Yeah. 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 Sky God. All right. Well, maybe. Maybe I can send him a message there and see if we can't get him, her, or, well, it's an omnipotent being, I'm assuming. So, yeah, we got to get him. Yeah. Uh, good luck, man. Good luck. Maybe you can. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Try, you know. We'll see uh, we'll See if your prayers will be answered. I doubt it, but maybe. It, yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, Sky God's gotten a, a bit of hate mail here and there, too, hasn't he? God, a not bit. as much as we had. Yeah, not no, as much as he surprisingly little for being a really, cunt, you know. Yeah, people for I being. Think, I don't know. Nobody really writes letters to the editor anymore. Nobody gives feedback to us, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of. We've had some secondhand feedback, if you will. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there've been a couple of pretty inflammatory statements made by Sky God over the years that even I read them. And go, oh shit! <laughs> that that was pretty hardcore. Now, um, how did the I, you guys got to edit this and you guys got to print this stuff? And and uh, um, him being a, a a deity on his own. Yeah, on a I good actually, day. Um, have a degree in religion. <laughs> you you have a degree in religion? I I double majored. Yeah, in undergrad. Um. Wow. Yeah. I don't so, know. So no, not I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that that's too deep for a fucking pilot podcast. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm super interested. The reason I got the degree in religion is I'm super interested in it from like a sociological point of view. Like it's it encompassed everything. It was like the history of people, the psychology of how they think, literature. It was just all encompassing. It was just people. I think religion really sums up like the human experience really well. In that it's really pretty fucked up and like can be used for a lot of evil and a lot of good, but it generally gets kind of skewed in a really weird way. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I I reserve judgment on uh, religious people because for the most part, I find that they tend to be very well-meaning, good people and and, hey, believe what you're going to believe. I don't think they magazine. Yeah, I don't think they ever encounter Sky God, you know. We do. We get a lot of people who will subscribe and then almost immediately be like, oh, God, please <laughs> refund my money. I can't. No. Stop really? Me. This <laughs> come to my door. Yeah. And we've had a couple. Oh, that's awesome. See, that makes that makes it even that much more entertaining. I think, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Who would be offended by Sky God if they were to actually keep paying us money to read it, but they don't. <laughs> well, I, I knew the magazine was going to cross a few boundaries when very early on you had the whole um, breast cancer awareness program where it was boobs in every issue. And that was not even ours. That was from Canada. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. That was the guy. He, that one, that one was funny. 
it was gratuitous, but he had this whole plan to make like a breast cancer fundraiser. I think he had a, a mom or a sister. A sister, who, I believe. Yeah. 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 So he was like a legit nonprofit and that was his whole deal. And we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll print it, I guess. And each one came with, you know, the link to his nonprofit and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. What was funny, because when I started running the uh, the fucking pilot page on Facebook, I think for a little while there, probably once every month at least, I'd have a pair of boobs in my inbox. Can you forward these? <laughs> sure. <laughs> wow. We yeah, well, because well, I kept writing the, you know, in quite a few of the articles, I would say, you know, hey, for extra altitude and blah, 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 and, and all the stuff that's, you know, terribly un-PC, but... Uh, um, Every once in a while, yeah, somebody'd send me a set of boobs. I didn't think you got any. That's so interesting. Oh yeah, like how just in the last ten years, the entire culture has changed so much, hasn't it? And now, I mean, we obviously are not as like you know boobs out as we once were. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of the whole uh, um, raging PC menace that's that's happening? <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I think it's fucking horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, You know what? I view it kind of like religion. Like there's a, you know, yeah, don't say like the R word, you know, when you're talking about, you know, intellectually disabled people. Like I'm fine with not ever saying that again. I think that's a great thing sure. to get rid of our vocabulary. Um, I guess what I, I don't like this uh, kind of call out cancel culture. That's the thing. I have no problem with like, you know, let's think about what we say. Let's like not objectify people. That's great. But you know what? Everybody fucks up and to like cancel them or to, you know, demand their job. I'm like, Jesus, how does anybody learn? What do, what good does that do anybody? It's just, it just makes it scary. So I don't know. It's, it's like they're trying to erase it all so that their sensibilities aren't affected by, you know, someone said something that they didn't think was so nice. Well, come on. That happens all the time. And I just, I, 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 in my personal opinion, if you're running around being politically correct all the time and you don't say the things that are on your mind because you're uh, it, fearing that someone else is going to be offended, then the only person that you're shortchanging is yourself. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying people should be running around, you know, saying horrible things to each other. They absolutely shouldn't. But... Um, without that right and without that ability to, to say what's on your mind, you, you really are shortchanging yourself. Um, and you're also missing out on the opportunity to learn if that was the wrong thing, because somebody's got something rattling around in their head that's absolutely wrong and they don't voice it. They're going to hang on to that mistaken idea probably for a very long time. But if they voice it and people go, wait, no, no, no. This is the way you should be looking at it. Some of those people, not all of them, but some of them are actually going to learn something. And the PC stuff just, man, fall in, you know, in lockstep with everybody else and don't dare say and do. Come on. It's just too much. It is. And I think it's kind of a, if you look at it on a bigger timeline, everything does to an extent try to seek balance. And maybe we're making up now for all the mm. free loving that happened in the 70s, you know? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, no, no, and, and I think it's it's gonna bounce the other direction as well. I I think we'll uh, we'll take the PC stuff only so far, and then people are gonna go no, 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 and they'll rebound the other direction. Uh, there's a lot of comedians that are out now that are are back to pushing the limits as hard as they possibly can, simply because the PC stuff is becoming a bit too much. 
And then you see also after, you know, for us living in America, after Donald Trump became president, uh, people have loosened their inhibitions and in telling foreigners like me to go home a whole lot, even in the grocery store. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. I, I'm Icelandic and I have a kid that I speak to in Icelandic and that bothers like the fucking living hell out of a lot of people here in the South. I think the best oh. is they just assume it's <laughs> Spanish or <laughs> yeah. like, they don't even, I don't know. Yeah, that it also definitely speaks volumes about that if, if you can't tell Spanish that we hear pretty much every day here in the South, at least from Icelandic, which is quite different than sure that brings well educational system in america and so many other things but we don't have time for that one of the things that i've always um taken great pride in in regard to skydiving as far as a community goes is i've always been under the assumption sometimes falsely that skydivers are a lot more open-minded than a lot of other people and for the most part uh, that's been proven right uh over the years um i i see Overall, yeah. You know, I see friendships formed between skydivers that in any other circumstances would never happen and certainly wouldn't flourish. So in that respect, I think it's great. But over the last few years, I've been shocked to find some of my skydiving brotherhood thinks in ways I just can't quite fathom. Yeah. Right. But you never find that out at the drop zone, do you? No. Barely. No. It's usually through social media where yeah. some true callers come through that are, can be a bit shocking. Because I think, Absolutely. like, in the sport, we have a really, really good ability to ignore a lot of things. Like, Yeah. Sure. We Peter Pan it a lot, for sure. Which is great. You know, there's no such thing as politics on the drop zone or religion or, or like, uh, class or anything, you know? But I don't know. That has yeah. goods, and, goods and bads. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't think a lot of the conversations that have happen over social media could happen at the drop zone. No. People go to the drop zone because they want to go have fun. They want to go make a bunch of jumps. They want to go party and make bad decisions around the bonfire and, and do crazy shit. And you can't do that if you're touting your stance on politics or religion or anything like that. It's just the two don't mix at all. Yeah. And I used to I used to say uh, um, when it comes to the drop zone, you've got two different versions of the drop zone. You've got the one that we portray for the general public because we need to be somewhat professional for people that don't know our sport and they come out for their first jump to make the tandem and all that stuff. But if you stick around for the bonfire after, well, then you're going to see the real drop zone. You know, um, that's exactly parachutist and us. Parachutist is the day <laughs> at the drop zone with the tandem students, and we're the bonfire. We're for the bonfire. We are totally the bonfire. Absolutely. Which, perfect. Perfect. I love it. That's but it. it uh, yeah, when we have writers, I always tell them, like, if you could recite this out loud around the bonfire at the bar, then it's great. And if not, if you would be embarrassed to say these words, then we're not going to write them. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Well, that's kind of the mentality behind uh, the podcast as well is uh, someone tuning in and listening to these conversations. I want them to be just as if they're sitting next to me at the bonfire having just cracked a beer and they're listening in on us talking about whatever's going on. It should be that kind of vibe and that kind of a feel to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And some great stories have been coming out of it as well. And, and uh, I think just like uh, the magazine, people tend to loosen up a little bit as soon as they know they're not being judged for the stuff that's going on. Because chances are I've done just as stupid, if not much more so, things. So come on, let loose with the stories. And it's been really fun so far, just like with the magazine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that being judged is huge. Like, 
I don't know. We've never. I don't know. Well, that's that's one of the reasons that uh, that it gets so ugly on social media, uh, and one of the reasons that I find myself continually shocked these days is because people are now behind the screen, and even though you know it's them, uh, there's something very freeing, I guess, about being able to say anything you want with very few ramifications because you can just block someone. But you can't do that at the bonfire. You can't do that at the drop zone. So. Yeah, it's, it's just an echo chamber. Yeah, and that also like is uh, like um, God, I can't fucking speak. We've always wanted to to have opinions that that we don't agree with. Like, I think if I personally liked every word that was in the magazine, we were doing it wrong. You know, I don't think mm. it's good to always hear just what you like and just what you want to hear. Like, I think you need to hear and read other opinions and other viewpoints because, I mean. What's the point? Otherwise, it's just, you know, a circle jerk. In that case. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you've even uh, made comments to me on a few of my articles that you're like, yeah, no, I, I printed it and, and uh, I read it. I don't agree with it, though, or I didn't think this or I didn't think that. And I've always appreciated knowing, oh, OK, well, there's alternate ways to look at things. And, and one of the ones that I got from you was an article uh, that I wrote back when the Me Too movement was just getting going. And uh, the point of the article that I was trying to make was that I've never separated male and female in the drop zone because most of the women in the sport can kick my ass and uh, had tried to, in my funny way, take a, a tack that there's no such thing as, as, you know, sexual harassment and skydiving because of this, 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 and this. And your response was, yeah, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is inaccurate. Yeah, but I, yeah, think you, it's like, I think it's totally what most of the men in the sport believe and Sure. And want to think is great about the sport. And if you asked, you know, five women, they would be like, mm, yeah, you know, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, it, that's where and it was very funny because I had no no real concept of that until you brought it up. And then shortly after you brought it up, I was speaking to another female friend of mine that had been in a, um, uh, I guess, a, a woman's group at, at one of the drop zones on the West Coast. And that particular article got brought up and they were not happy with me. No, no. <laughs> Oops. That's not just the either. <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, that was one of those things where had I uh, held back from writing that article, I never would have seen the other side of it and have moved moving forward from that article, tried to be a lot more aware uh, of what I'm saying in regard to that. Uh, and I actually when I was talking to Melissa Nelson, uh, she said a, a similar thing as well. She's had a very unique experience in skydiving because of who she is and who her dad was that she never saw the negative side of it, um, but that she, you know, understands that it's out there, but she didn't see it. And now I'm trying to adopt the same thing as no, I, I, I've never seen it, but I'm now very aware that it is out there. It does happen. And, and I try and be a hell of a lot more sensitive to it than I was. Yeah. No, I'm super glad you wrote about it. I mean, that's, and we got a lot of flack for, you know, the first thing we printed about Me Too was written by a, a man. <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, you're not ideal. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. No, but I Live mean, learn. no, I, I, I don't think I would have changed it. I don't, it's, it's part of the way that we make the magazine. Like, I don't really um, proactively plan every issue. You know, I'm not like, okay, we want to introduce the Me Too. I'm going to find a woman to write about it, which I also have not really found a woman to write about it yet. So, hmm. but yeah, well, we just take what comes in and like, we take what people want to be talking about. And I'm super glad you, 
you wrote about it, you know, cause that opened up a huge dialogue online and, you know, with you personally and, yeah, I think it was great. I mean, well, and it was definitely a lesson learned for me and hopefully uh, for a few other people because I've tried to pass on that particular lesson as I've moved on down the road. It's also a little bit different for me, too, now being an older skydiver and I work up in the cockpit so I don't see the day to day interactions nearly as much. I don't do the bonfire thing so much anymore. So I definitely am very removed from that dynamic. I don't date in the sport. Um, I don't, uh, all my friends are in the sport, but I, I don't go romantically that direction. So I'm kind of blind to that side of it these days. So it was cool to get a perspective that I clearly don't have. Yeah. Well, I mean us too, like I, every, you know, every person's different and I don't know. I, yeah, I got in the sport when I was like young and, you know, weighed much less than I do now and was a lot cuter. <laughs> so, but even my experience was way different and I don't know. I can't, God, I can't remember where I'm going. I'm not a morning person. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 We woke you up for this one. So we couldn't even get you guys liquored up for this first. <laughs> probably a good thing. We've got a no, no, no. We'll, we'll definitely revisit this uh, sometime in the future when we can get you good and tanked and get the good stories. You got to do like a drunk history. Oh, God. Yeah, that would actually be really funny. Drunk history of skydiving. Oh, man. Yeah, no, and, and I can get quite a few people. I've got my little studio over here, so I can firsthand get some, some good ones going. In fact, uh, in a, a podcast that's to, still to be released, uh, I have uh, a tandem instructor and, and a real ambassador to the sport that uh, ended up getting really, really drunk to the point where he actually doesn't remember the second half of the podcast. Nice. Um, right. Uh, it was so nice. And uh, uh, the end of the podcast is him singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody as I say goodbye. Awesome. It's Oh, it's wonderful. So I'd like lots more of that. Uh, and I also intend to try and have uh, uh, a couple of people come in and do some co-host stuff for me. So I need to do that with copious amounts of alcohol as well. Well, come on over, man. We have a rather large box of uh, very, very fancy booze compliments of uh, NZ Aerosports. Oh, really? Sent here for Skygar, but if he doesn't pick up, you know, things are going to oh. happen to that box. I mean, come on. you, you ha, There's got to be a rule for how long you let alcohol sit before it's just going to waste just sitting there. True. I've already, well, I mean, I've tapped into the, the whiskey. I might, I might take the bottle of tequila. Because... I'm like, the tequila will stay. <laughs> <laughs> tequila has mine. 50 years and would never get touched. <laughs> so, um, what comes next for Blue Skies? What's uh, what's on the horizon? What are you guys thinking? Oh boy, we've Big been question. in like, I know deep, deep talks about this lately. Because obviously, a print magazine—how long can that go? You know, <laughs> print uh, is slowly but surely going by the wayside, isn't it? When we started, it was even a ten yeah. years like idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, print print's become more boutique, fancy uh, stuff. So it might stay like that for whoever knows how long, but because I love it, I love the print magazine. It's a totally different experience, but, and we find that our you know younger readers don't appreciate it as much as the older readers. Fucking so, sure, generational the, thing. Fucking fucking kids, yeah. There's there's nothing quite like flipping through the magazine, and and even if you've only got a few minutes, you flip through the magazine to see the pictures that you want. You go to the article that you want to read. Uh, you can read it in the plane. You can do whatever. 
I'm a huge fan of the print, but I do think you're right. I think it is slowly but surely going by the wayside. But it's a big deal, man. Like a, a, a photographer gets a cover shot and that that's a big deal. They share that. Like they don't share it if we post it on our website. Nobody, you know, no. that, people read it, but well, nobody's going to make that their like Facebook profile photo. It's not a, no. it's not a try to do something that's as special and like community oriented and still, I think, you know, we like, give a platform people have got stories to tell and we are the outlet for them to tell it so we gotta i don't know if you have any ideas oh hey believe me i guarantee i and, and anybody listening would probably be able to come up with a ton of ideas i mean the the being able to to give people that platform and i've been the benefactor of, of my little soapbox for going on nine years um i think i started writing with you guys in episode episode uh, issue three or four yeah. Uh, and I've been in every one since, mm-hmm. um, and, which I can't believe because I look back at it and go, I'm that full of shit. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it, man. You and Melanie and Kurt and like James Berry for a, a good long time. I don't I don't know how you do it. Honestly, like well, I would never be able to do that. For the longest time, it was just being able to draw from from personal experience and stories. And then it became a complete uh, lack of of uh, um, of of. I don't want to say caring anymore, but uh, I gave up on pride many years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> when you let go of pride, you can write about all the stupid shit that you've done. You know, so that opened up a whole lot of articles. But I'm also very lucky because, and I've said it on a number of podcasts, the coolest thing about me is my friends. Uh, and I get to draw from their stories as well. So now as, as my stories are kind of drying up and, and getting a bit antiquated, I'm plucking from their stories and, and uh, uh, doing more features of people that I know and the amazing shit that they're doing. So for me, it's very easy because I just get someone else to tell me a cool story and then I write it in my style, yeah. which makes it easy. Uh, and there is no lack of cool ass stories when it comes to skydivers and base jumpers. And we're a crazy lot. There's so many people like Greg Rao. We could print another 30 years just of his story. <laughs> right. And, 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 and I'm sure you guys, just like me, there are countless numbers of people in the sport that have these ridiculous stories that not aren't even necessarily part of skydiving, but they tie into skydiving because of that individual and the backgrounds. And you find out where people came from. And I had no idea that either of you had been coming at it from that direction. And it's pretty funny that you guys ended up at, on this path when you both could have lived dramatically different lives. Uh, and so many people have stories exactly like that. It's just amazing. Yeah, definitely. We did a series. I really like them too. There, there was one about like skydivers, cool jobs. Um, one about you know your past life, like what you what you were before you were a skydiver. And mm. I think they're super super cool because nowhere else do you get, um, you know, maybe not necessarily racially diverse, but <laughs> economically like socially diverse crowd of people. You know, sure. <laughs> And mechanics and just all kinds of different people, which is awesome. Sure. Well, now over the years, though, I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. I'm seeing more racial diversity in skydiving and base jumping. Yep, it's yep. still it's still predominantly well off white people. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. but I'm seeing a lot of change in that, and uh, I think um, it's in part because of social media, it's become so cool to see it all. And you're watching all this amazing stuff. And in part because of stuff like blue skies magazine, that clearly it's welcoming to everyone. 
I don't. So. I just want people to play with. I don't care race, color, creed, sexual orientation. I don't give a fuck. Let's go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, like the cis um, program that USPA has. I think it's super cool. I would love it if they did like a, a you know racial diversity, ethnic diversity program similar because. I mean, I, I'm like pretty white passing. I'm half Asian, but you know, that's, that's pretty white. <laughs> and <laughs> like, if I was black, I don't know, man, I would look at the magazine and be like, I, I don't know if this is the place for me. I don't know that I would be welcome. There's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can absolutely see where you're coming from. But of course I was raised a, you know, a, a middle-class white guy in Northern California. You don't get any whiter than that. It's just... <laughs> Try and try well, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Maybe you get a little. You get a little whiter. Okay, uh, but uh, get tan. <laughs> California does that. Yeah, I, I just I see it getting a bit more diverse for sure. And uh, like in in talking to Melissa, she had said that you know back when she started skydiving, there were really very few women in the sport, and that has changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the tunnel has become a great equalizer as well because it's drawing in people um, with, you know, all these different things that they've got going on. The the thing with the tunnel and the thing with skydiving, I think, is the, it's the financial drawback. It's so fucking expensive to do this shit. Great. It was expensive when I started, but I think it's become even more so. Getting oh, God, yes. And getting gear and. When I started in the sport, you could get a rig and and be ready to go out and jump for less than three grand. Same. Um, I mean, it wasn't a custom rig, but it was. You could buy a a, a good new container, a used couple of parachutes, and uh, even put a Cypress in, and you were ready to go. But now a fucking rig will cost you six or seven thousand dollars. Holy shit! That's that's a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But then again, that's also a testament to the the um, the passion that people have for it, because if you become a skydiver, you're pretty much guaranteeing you're never going to be making a shitload of money. Yeah, there's also this culture of, you know, the ramen noodles live in a tent, like live in a drop zone. And it's kind of it's a little glorified, you know, living the dream. Sure. Well, you got, uh, I mean, fuck, Alex Honnold just won the Oscar for, you know, free solo, the the absolutely epic um documentary on his climb up el cap and you're right it, it, he's been living in a van for 10 years and it's it's absolutely a very romantic notion and i think skydiving has been that for quite a long time although it's definitely getting more mainstream we're back to the snazzy suits and and spotless gear whereas when i started the bigger a dirt bag you looked like chances are the better skydiver you were yeah oh that's changed that's it changed a lot. Changed, and I think the bonfire aspect of it has changed too. Like it has, unfortunately. But that's one of the things that I think uh, you and I, Cola, are so damn lucky to have have seen days like Cross Keys. They will go down as my um, boldest memories in skydiving, without a doubt. Absolutely. Not necessarily the best, but just the boldest, and not too many people can fathom just how all-encompassing the whole lifestyle was. I mean, fuck, it was everything. It was it. That was it. There was no other part of my life. And it was total and utter freedom in every oh, direction. Oh, God, yes. Yes. I mean, fuck, I spent an entire day um, for the, the first Cross Keys Film Festival walking around Williamstown, New Jersey in fishnet stockings and hot pants. Um <laughs> 
for for a movie. I dressed in drag for an entire fucking day with Steven Jackson and Simeon Lott following me around with a camera. Neither one Why? of them have been the same. <laughs> right. So I mean, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely glorified, but I, I think it is changing. It's you know, I mean, especially with the tunnel stuff now. There's there's no way to you can't do that kind of stuff and do the whole ramen and trailer stuff because even that's just too expensive. Yeah, yeah. And you show I mean, that stocking to the tunnel, man. You're not going to get invited back. Right? Yeah. No, you you can't get away with quite so much anymore. But then again, I got to do all that when I was younger, so it's fine. <laughs> Exactly. So you want people to come up with some good ideas for where Blue Sky should go next, huh? Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, what you know, what do people want? I don't think people want website. Well, I don't know. Newsletter, a forum. I it all know. seems a bit lame. I think we can take it more fun places, you know? Well, and I think it doesn't necessarily have to just be one platform. It could be multiple platforms tied together. Um, the, the print doesn't have to go away because there's people like me that I want my hands on that magazine. Um, I, I want to flip through it. I want to look at it. I mean, otherwise it's basically just another Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. know, and everybody can get their picture on fucking Facebook. So, you know, um, I, I think there's got to be a way to tie it all in together. So you've got everything from a mobile app and something cool online and then the print magazine and it ties into all this stuff. And, and of course, this amazing community that we've got. Um, I was just talking to uh, the guys that run um, the UK podcast for skydiving. And uh, his comment offhand was something along the lines of he thought the podcast would do quite well because of the popularity of Blue Skies and my articles in it. And this is in the UK. Um, And in tracking the downloads and stuff, obviously people find out about it basically because of Blue Skies. And I've got downloads in Iran, in Turkey, in Senegal, for Christ's sakes. So, and these, these are people that know Blue Skies Magazine. So I think you guys uh, underestimate or might underestimate just how big your reach actually is. We're really good at underestimating ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you're, I mean, you're 10 years into a successful run with the magazine. So that's got to tell you something. We're really, really good at underestimating though. You underestimate our ability to underestimate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully uh, um, you'll continue to underestimate and things will keep going through the roof as I personally think they will. So um, in order for people to find you to, if they're just stumbled across this podcast, where do they need to go to get all this information on Blue Skies? How do they subscribe? What are the platforms they can check out all your stuff at? (laughs) Uh, blueskiesmag.com blueskiesmag.com yep. and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram we occasionally step into Twitter but it's just too much so we can't handle it but yeah the usual well, Twitter I mean does uh, <laughs> does Donny Boy give anybody else any room to tweet not much you know not much he was talking yeah, about Kirk the other day so. yes I wouldn't even bother yeah. with that stuff I have a plug in that turns every picture of him into a kitten Actually, my my favorite one that I've seen, and I guarantee you've seen it, it just puts his picture on the screen and uh, a horn, like one of those um, big long horns you'd see at uh, football games and such, and whichever direction you aim it, it blows his hair that way. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Oh, it's fucking wonderful. It's hours of entertainment for no reason. Like that uh, recent Facebook video of the guy that throws the piece of cheese on his kid. I probably watched that for two days straight. I haven't seen it. That's I've a challenge now. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, my God. Just Google guy throws piece of cheese on kid's face. You'll piss your pants laughing. It sounds It's how I... It's it is. It's why I know I'm going to hell if there is that such a place. It's so good. It's so good. Cheese is tasty. It could be yeah. worse. Uh, yeah. No, I'm telling you. So they got to go to blueskiesmag.com. They can they can uh, subscribe to the magazine there. Um, what else can they get at uh, at the website? They can get leggings, and uh, you're a large, aren't you? I would be a large, yes. Yeah, we might have to mail you a pair. I know. Would I, you wear I'd them? Like, of course would I you would. Pictures? Of course I would. They're very manly. They're super I've, comfortable. Uh, my my Instagram page, if you look at my uh, cover photo, is actually me flying the Chicagoland Twin Otter buck naked. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to get shit from, uh, uh, from uh, Doug, the owner of Chicagoland Skydiving, for flying in a tank top on a hot Chicago day because I'd sweat all over the seats and he didn't like it. So he'd give me shit about it, but of course I kept wearing it. And one day he was giving me good-natured shit, I should say. And I had to do a cross-country to North Carolina to where the maintenance facility was, and he had just been giving me a hard time about sweating all over the seats. So as soon as I departed Chicago, I got, I got straight and level and stripped down buck naked and took a selfie. Nice. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, you're wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. No, I've got a, I've got a seatbelt cup keeping the important stuff covered up. But yeah, 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 that I made sure I stayed down like at two thousand feet above the ground so that I could make sure he sent it and knew that I was flying his plane at that moment. But like, <laughs> in cell phone range. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, what? So they can they can buy leggings. They can buy. They can get previous uh, uh, issues as well. So you guys can get them old uh, back issues. Yeah. Some of them. We we've run out of. Uh the more popular ones like our first anniversary issues we're not we don't talk about that one yeah but uh <laughs> there are yeah many many issues are available not all of them yeah we need a salesperson i'm i i'll like do my best to sell you out of giving us money yeah so i don't know man i need i need somebody who can actually because we have some cool stuff we've got cool clothes and stickers and like jewelry and shit and obviously subscriptions but uh yeah. I'll, I'll subscriptions and swag and and uh, um and now i hear i feel a a fucking pilot t-shirt coming i know i don't yeah. know why we and had stickers. like a sticker we had like plays well with otters and awesome. i don't know what happened to that i had another legging design and <laughs> i will <laughs> totally wear leggings and, and take pictures in them of course god yeah i don't know why i don't know Oh, yeah. cool. Lots of shit. Well, all right. So for everybody listening, you're going to go to blueskiesmag.com. You're going to subscribe to Blue Skies Magazine, the best skydiving magazine in the known universe. Uh, you can buy all the swag there. You can get the leggings. You can get the pull-up cords, the keychains, the the um, the gifts for other skydivers, all that shit. Um, and also, um, you can find them on Instagram, and you're on Facebook as well. And just come and talk to us. That's the best you can give to us. Awesome. Yeah. We, we want to hear from you. We want your stories and we want to hear what you think. Well, and that's that's the other thing that they should know is if you think you've got a good story, write it up because the people that write for Blue Skies Magazine um, 
aren't a set staff. I mean, everybody can be published in the magazine. If you've got a cool story to tell, write that shit up. Yeah. Uh, people want to hear it. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be written well. It doesn't even have to be written. Just record it and I'll transcribe it. I think that is yeah. intimidating for a lot of people because they're like, oh, I can't write, but they have a great story. I mean, Record yeah. yourself oh, I, video, audio, and send it on in. We'll make it. We'll make the magic happen. Yeah, I and think that's fantastic. It's about how to do it, how to set it up. We have an editor that would love to tell you mm-hmm. how best to get it done, and then print your stories. Which is absolutely spectacular, and, and hell, uh, if you get people that send amazing stories, but they don't want to don't want to write it up, or don't know how to write it up, and they want a fucking pilot's twist on it, I'll <laughs> happily tackle stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll put a nice twist on it. And also photographers. We got to tell all the photographers out there to submit the badass pictures that are being taken every single day and get them into blue skies and see if you can't get a cover shot. Photographers, um, and I use that term loosely, they're a little bit more on it. They're they're not not shy about sending their various quality shots to us and uh, hope for a miracle, but... We need well, we need a lot of pixels to be able to print it. So keep that in mind. That GoPro screenshot is not going to cut it. Pro cut. <laughs> and That's the kind of shit that I would do. <laughs> yes. And don't tell us what to do when it comes to cover. We'll tell you. But trust yeah, me. fair enough. But yeah, and, photographers. And just the only thing would be don't send like an album of 150 pictures because we'll look at zero of them. <laughs> <laughs> one or two of the best one yeah. or two of the best is all yeah yeah cool that's, cool that's it well, and god nobody mails dvds anymore because or mm-hmm. yeah yeah fair enough fair enough well i'll tell you what it's been absolutely spectacular talking to you shooting the shit a little bit we're gonna get you back on here but we're gonna do a drunk version for sure because there's got to be a ton of stories you guys aren't letting loose with. But for a start, this one's been a shitload of fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys so much. Yes, for the first time in almost 10 years, we've finally spoken. I thought at some point we would meet, but I'm really, really shocked that it hasn't happened somehow. I don't know. You keep going to places that like Dubai and like the Caribbean that I'm just. I know. I do tend to bounce around a little bit, so it makes it a bit tough. One of these days, it's too small a sport for our paths not to actually cross someday. Yeah, it's super Agreed. weird. That'd be, a, that'd be a good meeting. That'd be a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, and a fair amount of alcohol consumed, I would imagine. But I've also got to hang out with your mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. chances are she's not going to like me nearly as much once we've met, but you never know. I don't know. She, I, I don't know. I can't, can't predict that moment. Well, give her a big hug for me. Yeah. Well, if she'll let me, but yeah. <laughs> Asian, <you> don't hug. <laughs> yeah, but I do. So you have to tell her, force her that this is a hug from the fucking pilot. All right. Italian coming up. All right. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's cultures. Yeah. All right, guys. Once again, thank you so very much. You guys have an awesome day and we'll catch up again soon. Awesome. Bye. Bye-bye. Once again, uh, Lunatic Fringe is brought to you in association with Blue Skies Magazine. Blueskiesmag.com. Blueskiesmag.com. Lots of kick-ass swag. You can grab t-shirts and keychains and previously published uh, magazines and all kinds of cool shit. So you're going to want to go check them out. As far as finding me, uh, you can find me at The Princess Pilot.com. 
on Instagram. The reason it's the Princess Pilot is because they don't like me saying fucking as much as I do. Uh, also on Facebook, you can find me as, uh, well, I run the fucking pilot page on Facebook, but it's the FN pilot, E-F-F-I-N pilot. Again, they don't like me cussing so much. Uh, with all the fuckins, it's no G at the end of it. And of course, uh, the fucking pilot.net. You can pull that up and, uh, download this podcast or any of the others. Subscribe to them on iTunes, Podbean, Castbox, and a number of others. Uh, it's been great having you. We'll see you next time around on Lunatic Fringe. Blue Skies.